This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline, and uh, we're back to talk more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks. But uh, before we do that, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about all of the revelations that have come to light in the last couple of days in relation to uh, sexual assault and abuse in the professional wrestling business, which has the, been... The Speak Out movement. The Speak Out movement, which has been... a like a literal tsunami of uh, allegations and uh, statements being made by both victims and perpetrators. Uh, some people have defended themselves. Some people have done the half defense of, you know, I thought this was consensual, but, you know, maybe mm. upon reflection, it, it wasn't. We've seen people flat out just say that they were awful and that they need to be better. Um, we've seen the accusations range from something like we were talking about off air with Sammy Guevara and AEW making uh, ridiculously uncalled for jokes and comments about rape to people literally accused of actual raping and assault. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot uh, kind of mind numbing and the the thing that I wanted to say to you before we decided to start recording was the wrestling business in a lot of ways kind of lives under the surface of scrutiny by most other mm -hmm. organizations and even by its own fans it's sort of it's such a weird thing that it has kind of created its own bubble like for the longest time, WWE was a monopoly in the wrestling business, but nobody would bother going to them. Like, say, when Microsoft was went after for being uh, a monopoly, wrestling just exists outside of those norms. Mm -hmm. And I, I shudder to think what uh, this would look like if this was... 1985 professional wrestling transformed to like transported yeah. to right now. I shudder to think what that would sound like in an age where people are not afraid to speak out about um, uh, well, their vic, you know, their their abuse. Uh, and it's not that not a, well, not not to try to compare. I'm just saying this is how far yeah. wrestling has a long history of this sort of thing. And for the most part, it has flown under the table until now. It's a good thing that. It's not flying under the table anymore, but it's one of those things that as a wrestling fan, especially a longtime wrestling fan, it's one of those things that you try to not think about as awful as that is to say, because there's not much right, and, one can do about it. But Right. And the one thing I do want to say, I don't know if people are more comfortable today in coming out. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think for a lot of the people, it's, you know, it's taken them years Um to, to deal with it. Yes. It's so traumatic. And, yep. and I think they're so brave um, and wonderful for, for, you know, coming to a point where they can, they can speak about it mm -hmm. uh, and, and using all the different channels available um, to really help educate us um, yep. and the public and people who do watch this. So, so we're not taking, you know, so we don't look at these, um, uh, these performers as their characters. Cause a lot of them, you know, they're not, Sure. Um, they, they do have a completely different side of them as people, um, mm -hmm. and not all of them are good. Um, so for that, I really, um, I admire those who have come forward. Um, and I think, I think it took a lot of, uh, courage. Um, and I just hope that they're treated with a lot of compassion on that. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, mm -hmm. this, um, this started with accusations being made about, 
independent wrestling uh, star, David Starr, who is also, uh, I, I guess, ironically, kind of a champion for wrestlers' rights. Uh, mm. He was a very much pro-unionized, pro-wrestling person. Um super like a super progressive liberal democrat type of person and this just goes to show you doesn't matter yeah right no no right that just goes to show you that it doesn't matter uh your politics or your beliefs like this can be anybody and and one of those with rest with wrestling especially i mean it's such a a place for for hyper masculinity yes um and so so I am actually kind of surprised and we had spoken about this that more allegations haven't come out yeah. um, just because I feel like it's so toxic. Mm-hmm. It's like toxic hypermasculine like yeah. <laughs> um, that I'm sh- that it, it's it's a feeding ground for that and and without mm-hmm. it, you know without that being addressed and um, without that being um, something that gets hit in the head, um, I don't think it's gonna change. I mean we you still like we watching some of the, um, the NXT episodes watching, you know, my husband watches WWE sometimes and I'll watch it and they still just like the way women are over-sexualized and all this and that. It's, yep. it's, it, it, it's just paraded and it's not okay. And, no. um, and, and it needs to start, it, it needs to start with the whole, like the whole industry needs an overhaul basically. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not the whole industry. I don't know all of the, no, I mean you're not you're not far off. Yeah. You're not far off. Yeah. There are like I don't know all of the promotions. I'm sure there's at least one that's okay. It's probably an all women's one though. Like let's just be honest. Yeah. I mean there I mean I I think I feel fairly comfortable in saying that most of the promotions, at least most of the well-known promotions are um yeah. are have been fairly good at handling this. Um mm-hmm. and in some cases um some cases They've not been there. There have definitely been cases of people who are like, you know, we went to you with these problems and you did nothing about it. Or you said that you would never mm-hmm. bring this person back. But then 18 months later, you did. Um, so there right. are there are cases of that. And uh, some places are handling it very well. I think AEW has been handling the, the two cases mm-hmm. I think that they've faced. I think they've handled them as well as can possibly be handled. Uh, WWE, on the other hand, has... No, kind of not really. They're sort of doing. They're sort of doing this internal investigation thing, which I'm sure to them sounds very proper, like what a big company would say that they're doing. But uh, like the allegations against Matt Riddle, uh, sources on that have said the WWE knew about those allegations before they signed him. So that would lead me to believe that they are on his side. Uh, in this case, and probably little to nothing will be done. Some of the NXT UK guys, honestly, I don't know. Uh, they seem pretty expendable to me. Um, no yeah, offense, to, no offense to everybody else who is in NXT UK, but um, like, yeah, no offense to those guys, but they're expendable. Well, and and I don't know who. Like I don't know what I don't know what started this. I honestly don't the, the speak out the hashtag yeah um on Twitter. But um you know whoever whoever was that that kind of first person you know mm-hmm. God bless you yeah um and and it really picked up some steam. But like I was really surprised when like you heard about like Jordan Devlin and all um, Travis Banks yeah Travis Banks um Ch- Coffee mm-hmm. uh was this Joe Coffee yep Joe Coffee Wolfgang Sagan. yeah. Yeah, and they're there's they're not fired yet. Like you got to be kidding me. Uh, Joe Coffey yeah. should probably be fired based on all the stories I read. Like yeah, Tyler Bate at, uh, at a minimum. Seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and why? When I can't wait for them all to get arrested. Like it's really yeah. like that's where this should be going. Like I don't know the statute of limitations in in England, of course, but yeah, and um, in some cases you've got quirky laws where they're age of consent is different but some of them were trainers at the time and there is a law against uh using uh, your power using your power uh to your advantage so if you're a trainer uh that is still against the law so if you're a coach or whatever the case may be it's called coercion coercion yes and uh it's just like i said it's it's a whirlwind it's yeah it's frustrating to to read about it because you like to think that people are better. Like it, it always hurts yeah. to see that they aren't. 
Well, um, and then, um, and this, this just not to compare by any means because everyone's, um, experience is so different and so personal and yep. so traumatic, but, um, I mean, this just goes along with like all the allegations against what's his name, Chris D'Elia, the mm-hmm. comedian and Joe Rogan. I mean, sure. there, this is, this is like, this is coming out now and it's like, um, and I feel bad because this, this, you know, so many women came out, what was it last year and everything. And it's just, um, it's picking there's so now we're getting another wave of it and i just hope that it it doesn't die down again like i really hope everyone feels comfortable to tell their stories and empowered to do so yeah uh accountability needs to happen uh no absolutely and every good guy in this business needs to make sure that they work together with every other good person male or female to make sure that Mm -hmm those shows and those companies are all safe working places for everybody. But yeah. that means, you know, that means policing. Turning a blind eye yeah. is no longer an option. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't and know it, how many it times it should never have been <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know how many times in the wrestling business you hear, you hear somebody say, Oh, I've heard the stories. And it's like, yeah, I mean, everybody says that, like yeah. oh, I've heard, you know, I've heard stories about Joey Ryan or I've heard, and it's like, well, why has nobody yeah. done anything right. about it? Joey Ryan has 13 allegations, 13 that like blows away everybody. Uh, and that means there's probably yeah. more than 13. Um, Oh, there's probably triple that amount. Yeah. And the fact that he was a tag team partner with a female. Yeah. Um, I mean, my God, how, I mean, Candace's statement I mean, she, she claims to not have known, which I'm not going to, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on that one. But like, how unsafe does that then make you feel as a human that like, oh my God, I was with this person as a partner for how many years? Yeah. And they were doing what? (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a huge betrayal on so many accounts. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. And, uh, as, as it pertains to this particular podcast, or at least when we're talking about NXT, uh, Jacqueline and I both decided that anybody who was currently accused of anything at the moment, uh, they're just not going to be brought up on the show. So Mm -hmm. if they were involved in any segments or matches or whatever, uh, we are just not going to be giving them the time of day. So yes. uh, And and we'll continue to do that until, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless and until the, a clearing has happened. Yes. But. Uh, which, by the way, is probably highly unlikely to happen. It's, um, you know, one of the many reasons that victims are so afraid to come forward is because it's difficult to prove those cases. Um, they're already right. worried that people will not believe them. And if you try to take it to court, mm-hmm. unless you've got video, I mean, some cases we have screenshots of conversations. Which uh, are pretty pretty damning damning yeah and what i will say and not that i want to mention his name but for all those women who spoke out against weinstein yeah um i mean i know he was only um found guilty of like a very small was it maybe two charges it was very very small comparatively but um you know your strength took him down and it'll just continue to to topple the evil that's out there yep (laughs) yeah we're um it's it's hard to it's hard to imagine what it would take to come forward like that. I can't I can't imagine. Mm-mm. I'm not I don't know if I would be able to to come forward with something that I was uh ashamed of or especially something to that degree like I yeah. I don't know if I could do it. So I'm and, I'm glad they know, are. Yes, and not to get hyper political, but um I'm going to go here because I feel like this is where the conversation's going and then we can come to a screeching halt if needed. Sure. Um, but this is where the, the, the defund the police, um, conversation kind of comes in where, sure. you know, because police officers are not mental health counselors. They're not the people you go to with these types of allegations. Um, there's a lot of victim blaming that happens because it's, it's in, um, the interviews are like more like investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you need more of like a counseling therapy. Agreed. Um, and so um, that's just my plug for making sure we have the mental health um, help and staffing that we need in our communities. Agreed. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I'm definitely on the train that um, mm-hmm. in certain cases, 
there are specific people who should be helping. Uh, police might need to mm-hmm. be involved if there is some sort of violence that is occurring at that moment. Oh, absolutely. But, and if someone needs to get arrested after the fact, for yes. sure. But but uh, to, but for to help the victim, like we we really need to be better as a society mm-hmm. to help our victims come forward. Because I mean, God, to have to live with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's not okay either. Agreed. Um. Okay. So screeching halt and we're gonna, I know we're gonna talk about like a, a few deep breaths here like we're gonna <laughs> talk transition. About, we're gonna talk about episode 564 of NXT um <laughs> there was a recap of what happened last week which by the way we did not cover uh no. I think the big news there was that El, El Hio del, uh, del Fantasma unmasked on that show to reveal mm-hmm. his true truer identity i mean he is el hio del fantasma but uh he unmasked to unveil his wwe centric character who sounds straight like just like a straight up drug cartel guy santos escobar uh and and i gotta say that the reveal of him though was pretty awesome it was yes i liked it and they revealed that the two masked luchadors were raul mendoza and joaquin wild uh as well which begs the question who kidnapped these guys in the first place thank you i that was my thing i was like i have a point on this (laughs) because wild was taken by two guys mendoza was taken by two guys Mm -hmm. they're two guys it doesn't add up the math is off Okay. Maybe one of the guys was Escobar under a mask. So at the very least, mm. there is one other person. Oh, or maybe it was just each other and they had to build it up. You know what I mean? Like maybe yes. Mendoza had, you know, dressed up first. Yes. Uh, he was already part of the gang, but he had to get taken. Yes. You know, as part of the show. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody has suggested that this uh, these these characters that Mendoza and Wilde are playing are meant to be like Stockholm syndrome type things where they're kidnapped, but then start sympathizing oh. with the, uh, their captor, uh, that sort of thing. I, I get it, but, um, it's a little weird, oof. but all right. I kind of hope not. Uh, was there anything else that happened on last week's episode? I, I'd kind of forgotten about it after everything else. happened. So, the one thing I do want to say, um, because we did get, um, one thing that I actually really enjoyed and it was the, um, the, we got a second mixed tag team match mm-hmm. oh, between with, yep. Larray Gargano and, and Lee and, and Yim. And, yep. um, I enjoyed it, but I have to say, I am still waiting for the day when we're going to get a Candace versus Keith Lee match. Oh man. And a Mia, and a Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano match. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you what, those would be fantastic matches. I think they really would actually. Yeah. yeah, you'll get no argument from me on that one. Um, real, I think I think Candice could hold her own against Keith. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. So we get a big recap of last week, and then Moro Ronaldo putting over the fact that this week there are two tag team championship matches, and we start off the show with one Imperium defending the tag team championships against Bree Zango. Uh, Bree Zango come out as Emporium, complete with Imperium's uh, theme song, but like a dubstep remix or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dance mix. Uh, It was pretty great. Actually. I thought their entrance was fantastic. (laughs) They were Fabio and marsupial, I believe, which is not a German name. Uh, But Mauro Ronaldo, kudos to him. He said marsupial was born with a fanny pack. uh, Cause you know, pouches. Uh, (laughs) Mauro Ronaldo on point as always. So, Imperium is not impressed by this insult. Uh, they are about seriousness. Breezango, less so. They attack the good guys before the bell. Uh, Tyler Breeze gets worked over. Eventually, he gets the hot tag to Fandango, goes crazy for a minute, hits this big dive to the outside, and they go to a commercial break. When we come back, it's Tyler Breeze who is in the ring, and he quickly gets beaten down, and essentially we are back to where we started with the bad guys beating up Tyler Breeze, who then eventually makes yet another tag to Fandango, who makes yet another comeback. They try to hit the European bomb on, I think, Tyler Breeze, and he escapes. Breezango hits super kicks onto Eichner and Bartel. Fandango hits his leg drop off of the top rope and gets a very close two. And then other tag teams just run out, like Indusher yeah. and uh, the Brit Ambrawlers. 
and they just run out and start brawling and there is a distraction which allows Imperium to uh, get the win and retain the titles. What did you think of the opener? I thought um, I thought it was fun. I really do. Um, this match really just solidified for me how great Bartel is as a heel. Yeah, he's fun. Um, oh my god, he's so good. Um, I and the uh, he put Breeze into the plexiglass at one point, and I was oh. like, "Damn!" Like, yep. such a good use of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just like, like hurled really, him. yeah, like a dart. Yeah. Yeah, like really using it to his advantage. Um, I like Fandango, um, the, his Tornado DDT, I just thought, like, it almost moved to me in slow motion. Yes. And I was like, I noticed and I was this like too. what is happening? But it somehow made it scarier because I was like, oh, that man just fell on his head. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hard. There's also, yeah, what there's so many crazy things happening. Um, uh, oh, um, Bartel broke up um, a pin um, with you know with Eichner, and he just it was the to me this struck out because he was just the weirdest thing. He like took his leg mm-hmm. and like did like some yoga move to stretch him out, and I was just like, hmm, because <laughs> he needed that. Maybe his hamstring <laughs> was tight, or you know, yeah, I, don't know. I was I was like, okay, just get that hip socket in place there. Yeah, um, that's what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. I'm glad Imperium retained. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I think they have a lot more to do as the champs here. So Agreed. I I'm excited. Uh what did you give it? I gave it a two and a half. Okay. Uh I really I enjoyed this as well. Uh I thought the beginning the beginnings of this match were pretty by the numbers for the most part, not overly exciting. Yeah. But uh I liked the closing stretch quite a bit. And yeah. I really like uh, Eichner and Bartel as a team. I am super happy that they won. Uh, I thought it was weird that they were building up this Imperium Brit M Brawlers match and then just that vanished and then they went right to Breezango. Yeah. So I'm happy that's out of the way now. I actually like this slightly more than you and went two and three quarters. Interesting. But Grapple Look. went 2.58. Oh. Okay. So I'm still waiting for that Brit Ambrawler's Imperium match because I think that'll be just mm-hmm. bonkers. Damien yeah. Priest and Killian Dane is up oh. next. Yes. Really quick before we get to that, I do just have one more note about that. Yes. So I got a new and a little personal. I got a new puppy. He's very yes. cute. He's almost four months. He's adorable. He does not like Imperium's music, I've learned. <laughs> no. Aww. No, it plays and it like he just like stops and like he's very uncomfortable. So <laughs> he is just, scared. Like the ultimate heels, they scare puppies. <laughs> he hasn't even seen Walter yet. Wait till he comes out. I know, right? It's going to be all kinds of nuts. Terrifying. Uh, so Damien Priest and Killian Dane is up next. I wrote down the first thing I wrote is some people have dream matches. For Jacqueline, I think this might be a nightmare match. I, my first sentence is, who's supposed to be the face here? Literally do not care at all who wins. <laughs> okay, so my notes right after a, a Jacqueline Nightmare match, it, the, the next things I wrote, is Priest a baby face now? Is Dane? Is this just two bad guys fighting? The crowd was chanting for Priest. I don't know why. What happened? Yes. Uh, like what? Did we all just forget? <laughs> I mean, I know we didn't watch last week. Uh, I'm, did you watch last week? I, I didn't watch most of it. I did. Do you recall um, anything happening with Damien Priest where he became good? No. Okay. Uh, I'm looking because I have the notes on the same page. I don't have. I don't see anything. Like there, like there is no explanation for this. All I know is that he came out and the crowd was chanting for him. And I'm yes. like, what in the actual hell is happening? <laughs> yes, I have no idea. Uh, so early on in the match, Priest tweaks his back on a leapfrog, and then it's just all Killian Dane working over his lower back for a hundred years. Uh, Priest makes this comeback, but gets cut off when uh, Dane hits him with the divide. This crossbody thing he does that gets a two. Uh, they get back up. They start fighting. Priest hits a 360 kick. Hits the reckoning for the win. Jacqueline, what did what did you think? Two guys that don't really do it for you. Did they do it for you in this match? No, they did okay. even less than usual. Yes, this was too long. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very me. long. <laughs> yes, I think this was relatively it was too short. long. Yeah. But. 
So here's my theory on this. Um, uh, I think priests, they are going to turn into a face mm-hmm. because he his persona was hitting people with a nightstick. Yes. And I think, going back to what we were talking about earlier, they have to drop that part of his persona. So what better way to do it than to automatically make him just the good person? Yes. I well, don't know. It, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this match was average. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be pretty far apart on this one. Oh, man. Well, I gave it two and a half. What, what did you give it? One and a half. Ooh, yeah. We are far <laughs> Not apart. Happy. Uh, and Grapple seemed to like it more than me, even, uh, giving it a 2.64. Also, here's a real question, right? <laughs> dumbfounded. Not a real question. But <laughs> yes. here's what did you say? I said you're dumbfounded when I'm like 2.65. You're like, I, what? No, I'm I'm dumbfounded. I'm just moving on. Where has Dane been all this time? Like, if he's been in the U.S., <laughs> no idea. <laughs> has, was he hurt? Did they have him hiding? I don't get it. I don't know. Like, I know he and Nikki Cross live here. Nikki Cross has been on WWE TV regularly, so mm. or I I think regularly, and I I don't know. They just every now and again they're like, "Hey, you want to come to work?" And he's like, "Sure." Uh, I don't know. It just works out. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, Santos Escobar has uh, a video where he talks about leaving his legacy behind uh, and that people are going to learn more tonight. Uh, then they give us some footage of Killian Dane picking on a drunk Robert Stone who is at ringside. Okay. I have two things to say. Yes. First of all, I still have his, him in my notes as Phantasma, but yes. I changed it to Escobar later. His hair is beautiful. Yes. He has beautiful, beautiful hair. Mm-hmm. He's a good Robert guy. Stone, he is. Robert Stone getting hit by um, Killian Dane might have been one of my favorite things on the show, though. <laughs> and Stone looked so disheveled in he this did. episode. And, and the fact that Bugenhagen was standing right next to him. And I was like, <laughs> Boogs! Rick there Boogs. You are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looked like Stone was wearing the same suit from last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just in rough shape, and it looked like he had been drinking. He had a bottle and a paper bag, which automatically means drinking booze, apparently. so Yes, but his pant legs, which are cropped to begin with, one was somehow rolled up yeah. than the other. Yes. God, what a mess. Uh, it was it was glorious. Uh, Zaya Lee versus Aaliyah, and for some reason, Aaliyah takes Robert Stone's corpse and drags it to ringside to be like, come on, get up. I don't know why she wants... She's desperate to have a manager, I guess. Yeah, so here's another question. Did Vanessa get let go? I have no idea. Nobody's heard a thing about Vanessa Bourne. That's so crazy. I have, I have no idea what's going on with her at all. Uh, i look on Twitter while we're talking. Yeah, maybe you can find like her socials or something. Maybe she's talking about NXT or... I have no idea. Uh, well, you won't have much time to, to look because this match basically featured a little bit of back and forth... And then Robert Stone got up on the apron and hurled into the ring. I don't mean his body. I mean his stomach contents. He hurled that into the ring, which distracted Zaya. And Aaliyah gave her a messy roll-up for the victory. And Aaliyah celebrated with Robert Stone, who actually took an amazing pratfall off of the apron. Uh, he did. Uh, that that was worth the whole one star I gave this match. Any any thoughts? <laughs> So I I gave it better than that. Okay. Um, Because I thought, I don't know. I thought this, um, what I wrote, I don't know who this is referring to, but I have that rope work and then a suplex was pretty awesome. Don't know who that was, but it impressed me. Mm -hmm. Um, Stone vomiting, though, definitely ruined it a little bit for me. It wasn't even a, didn't need it. It wasn't even a good fake vomit because he had to like, launch it into the ring so he essentially had to take whatever was in his mouth and spit it which by yeah. the way uh social distancing please um yeah. that's very Get unsanitary that out of here yes um i did give it a two okay uh go ahead oh as i say i would like to add um vanessa born um her twitter handle is still vanessa born wwe and she has mm-hmm. wwe nxt in her bio mm-hmm. um so um, I guess she's still... Has she been tweeting there? about it recently? She has not been. Hmm. 
Interesting. Her last, her last tweet, she retweeted uh, Drew McIntyre on June 13th. Okay, well, it, you could argue she's still with the company. I just, without knowing the circumstances, like, you know, maybe it's not safe for her yeah. specifically or, um, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, Grapple only gave this three quarters of a star. Fine. Oof. Harsher than 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 myself, even. So, uh, Timothy Thatcher is calmly injuring people with submissions, teaching them Thatch as Thatch can wrestling. Uh, I don't know what you made of this. That's, there really, it really wasn't much, but it was him. No, it was essentially him letting the audience know that he has a mastery of these holds and he can hurt people very badly with them. And he doesn't seem to care that yeah. he can. I'm more interested in who these people are that yeah, he's these poor um, training. Yes. Yeah, that's what I really want to know. Will they actually be trainees of his? Will they come to the ring with him and corner him? Or are these just extras for a video? Uh, yeah. We shall see. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish take Roderick Strong to be counseled by Kyle O'Reilly. Although for some reason, <laughs> yes, for some reason, Jacqueline, they don't want Roddy to know that the person he's seeing is Kyle O'Reilly, though, because they, they want him to think it's a real therapist. Yes, they never let him look at Kyle O'Reilly, which is funny because Kyle O'Reilly goes to great lengths to disguise himself as a therapist, yes. including wearing a pair of glasses, but also having a second pair of glasses hooked onto his shirt for some reason. Mm. And Kyle O'Reilly so talks in this ridiculous voice the whole time. And uh, basically, uh, they determined that the root of Roddy's uh, upset, uh, the reason why he's so down right now, is because he is terrified uh, from when Dexter Loomis uh, essentially kidnapped him and threw him in a trunk. And Roderick Strong decides to face his fear of trunks by climbing into a trunk, but then just runs away in a panic. And Adam Cole tells Bobby Fish that, you know, despite him running away, he thinks everything went pretty good today. Uh, so that was a thing that happened on this show, Jacqueline. Do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, Roderick Strong, um, uh, man... He must have great endurance. I wonder what his 5K time is with the way he just bolted. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure he could, is distance. Also, so we're learning that about him a lot, uh, what he hates. We learned that so far he hates trunks and, and he hates being stared at. at. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what a bizarre thing. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, you know, it. People say they want to learn more about these characters. They don't want them to be so two-dimensional, Jacqueline. And you get what you ask for, I guess. Um, it's really at this point that I should note that I hope NXT starts getting better. Because it has not been very good lately. Like, th this has kind of been kind of new levels of this is not what I tune into NXT for. Uh, it's very slapsticky. Yes. Adam Cole comes out to the ring. Says that he doesn't care about Karrion Cross, although at first he calls him Killian Cross. Weird that they didn't try to edit that out. Maybe it was live. Uh, mm. Doesn't care about Karrion Cross, and uh, Keith Lee then stops by and tells him that he'll be the guy taking the belt from him. Don't worry about Karrion Cross. And then Adam Cole comes out again. Look at all these undisputed era segments, right? That's what I said. So much undisputed era. So Adam Cole gets into the ring and says that people have been coming after him for 381 days and for 381 days, they failed. It's impressive that Karrion Cross beat Tommaso Ciampa, but he's done that already. And that means that Cross has a long way to go. He switches his focus to Keith Lee says that, Hey, instead, how about I come for your title? Don't forget. I was the first North American champion. This brings out Keith Lee, but before he can say anything, Johnny Gargano comes out. And uh, Gargano doesn't want Keith Lee getting ahead of himself because he pinned Keith Lee last week. He wants that North American championship. And then after he wins it, he's gunning for Adam Cole because, of course, he wants to be the NXT champion along with Candice as the women's champion. 
and this brought out Finn Balor, who has just got no time for anybody's bullshit. Uh, yes, I love his character. <laughs> told them to stop being marks for themselves, and they can be a mark for him, which is a kind of a derogatory term for wrestling fans. Um, oh, is it? I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes back to the old carnival days. You know, a, a mark is somebody, a target for a con. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and wrestling is um, fake, so you're conning them into thinking it's real. Gotcha. I don't know. Uh, but it's an old term, and rest, sometimes wrestlers still use it to look down upon fans with, which you shouldn't do. But he was mm. using it here against other wrestlers, saying that they which shouldn't. Fine. Saying they shouldn't be fans of themselves. Now they can be fans of Finn. Now that he's out there, and tells Johnny yeah. Gargano, "Look, you can stand in line, but that's not me. I cut in line. I'll go right to what I want." Tells Keith Lee he wants the title. Then tells Adam Cole he's coming for him. And then William Regal's like, hey, I love everybody's spirit here. Uh, war Games! <laughs> yes! He just appears, says, War Games, video done. That would have made you so <laughs> happy, actually. I actually held it out as soon as I saw his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did not. Uh, he did announce, though, <laughs> that next week... Uh, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, and Keith Lee will have a match for the North American Championship, and the winner the week after that will face Adam Cole in a champion versus champion title for title match, which also is coinciding with uh, a big set of AEW shows. So no coincidence mm. there, but gotcha. uh, smart move. It'll be interesting if they're booking themselves into a corner here when you do champion versus champion with both titles on the line. Because uh, mm -hmm. either you're going to be gutsy and literally give somebody both belts, or uh, they're going to do something screwy, which it's WWE, so screwy is what I'm guessing. Oh, well, I mean, I already have my theory on how this is all going to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd love, so, to, I'd love to hear I it. Yeah, I think Keith Lee wins mm -hmm. next week. Yes. Or this week, tonight, tomorrow night, actually, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think he beats Adam Cole, Ooh. but. Then, so he has both titles. Yes. But then Finn Balor gets the North American title somehow. Okay. That's my guess. Okay. That's my gut. I just feel like they're going to do some sort of screwy ending so they both keep their belts and nobody gets both. <gasps> I don't even think about that because I don't want it to. <laughs> no, I know. Look, Becky Lynch had it for a little while. That's so true. clearly they're okay with doing it. And Bailey's so. got two belts right now. So. Yeah, she does. Uh, Didn't Kofi have two belts for a little while too? Like, mm, I think maybe. I think he had the. I think he did. He may. Have. Anyway, that's my theory. I think Keith Lee takes it all at some point. Uh, backstage, Candice uh, confronts uh, Keith Lee, and then Mia Yim beats up Candice, and Moro Ronaldo coins the phrase "yimitless" to describe Mia Yim and Keith Lee's tandem. Their ship name. Yes, they have been shipped by Moro Ronaldo. Uh, Caden Carter with Casey Catanzaro against Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez. Um, this is stemming from uh, last week's match, I think, with Dakota Kai and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, so I just want to say one thing here. Mm -hmm. Like, if you need someone at ringside with you. Yes. And, you know, you're going up against Dakota Kai with Raquel Welsh. Yeah. Not for nothing, Caden Carter, but Casey Catanzaro. While athletic and very good, mm -hmm. not the person I would have brought. <laughs> I will and in I will say this to back up Casey, other than the fact that I like Casey. Uh, yeah, I do too. She did defeat Raquel Gonzalez when she was not known as Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, what I her, guess that's true. I can't remember what her name was before, but in the May Young Classic, uh, Casey Catanzaro oh. defeated her in a match. So, it was still Gonzalez, wasn't it? It was Reina. Reina Gonzalez. Reina, that's it. Which, by the way, I like better, but whatever. Uh, anyway, the match was essentially Dakota toying with Caden Carter at first until Carter fires up, rips off her shirt, just starts kicking Dakota Kai's butt all over the ring. Um, but as she's taking it to Dakota, there is a distraction from Raquel Gonzalez on the outside, who also handles Casey Catanzaro, who tries to interfere on her friend's behalf. And uh, this distraction leads to Dakota Kai getting Casey, uh, not Casey, but uh, Caden Carter in a submission, and uh, she taps out. So a victory for the bad guys here. Not a whole lot, but I liked Caden's fire in the match. What did you think? I liked Caden's fire. I agree. I really liked the way Caden looked here. I wish she got a bigger push. She's so good. Um, and I thought 
more importantly, though, I thought Kai was taking hits really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, Dakota, man, she's just leaning into this character super well, and I think it's done a lot for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really surprised by the ending, that it was ended by submission. Um, yeah. Not usually her thing. Yeah. I really dug it, though. So. Yeah. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it two and three quarters. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, I was behind you on this one. I, I thought it was just too short, but... I like what they're doing here, mm-hmm. and I hope they start doing more with Casey and yeah. with uh, with Carter, Espe- okay, yeah. especially Casey. Like somebody, I already listened to somebody make this point about her, but like she's um, she's really athletic, she's very mm-hmm. likable, uh, but she's mm-hmm. also very small and adorable, and as such, children will be like she's like me, and will want to oh. like watch and buy stuff and. Like in terms uh-huh. of like trying to sell like a character, if you want to appeal yeah. to younger people, kids like Rey Mysterio, for example, is gargantuanly huge with children because he is small. Yeah. He's a short guy and kids like can easily put themselves in his shoes um, Right, because he's not like, so she, much bigger than I they guess, are. I guess to that point, though, she could almost be like your next Bailey, like when mm-hmm. Bailey was in NXT. Yes. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I see like, like from a, a ton- personality standpoint. Yeah. I see a ton of potential in her and it's weird to me that all she ever does is come out there and, and get beat. Uh, yes. It's like very few people see the, see the potential. And I, I don't know. I, I think there's a ton of potential there, but not my I company. Agree. So, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, this was short, uh, a little too short for my liking, but I thought Caden Carter looked good here. Um, and I agree with you about, um, Dakota's selling for Caden's offense mm-hmm. as well. I went with a two and grapple though. Not a fan. 1.4. Wrong. This is wrong. Wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong. Uh, after the, after the score, they gave that priest Killian Dane match. No. Yeah. Grapple. Don't trust it. Uh, carrying cross steps on some glass. Cool. He, he tough. Yeah. He's a tough, tough boots. He's got on there. Uh, we get a Mercedes Martinez hype video, and I forgot she worked there. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I mean, sorry, Mercedes, but like she has not been featured in forever. I know. I was actually really excited to see her, though. I wonder if she got hurt. So, oh yeah, me too. I'm maybe. like, I'm like, hey, Mercedes Martinez, and then I'm like, oh yeah, she does. She, she does work there. She's super good. She yeah. is. Yes. Um, Thank God Charlotte's gone. Now other women can have a chance. <laughs> Bronson Reed versus Leon Ruff in a literal squash match. As in, Bronson Reed literally squashed this man to beat him. Yeah. He smushed him. He splashed him. He won. Afterwards, he calls out Karrion Cross for next week. Yeah. The one thing I will say, though, is that Ruff did get an entrance. I feel like he usually yes. doesn't. Yeah, he did. Uh, which is kind of all the more sad because he's like hey look at me look yeah. mom on tv and then this large man mm-hmm. uh smashes him and by the way pummeled him oh pummeled yes and i love all of the the thick like down with the thickness i love all of the puns that moronalo is tossing out there for for bronson reed's character so yeah i enjoyed it uh i only gave this one there was like two moves in this match yeah uh, what did Grapple give it? Uh, Grapple gave this... How do you give it under a 1? Like, that splash off the top was great, but they gave it a 0.77. Okay. I, I feel like, at, at the very least, it deserved a... It deserved a 1. But okay. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm not the I'm not the star rating police. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an average, yes. Cameron Grimes did minor damage to Damian Priest's car, and he is very mad. And Cameron Grimes was hilarious driving off saying, hey, can I get you an Uber? And then he drives off going, woo, because uh, it's Cameron Grimes, uh, who is, by the way, driving off, I believe, shirtless with his hat on. Yeah, as you do. I mean, look, it's natural. You live in Florida. Is that entirely uncommon? I'm... Um, It is. Most people are in at least a tank top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh we then get Santos Escobar. He comes out with a uh, Wild and Mendoza. Uh, talks about uh, 
getting rid of his getting rid of his mask and that his father uh el phantasma told him that he's a leader he's meant to be a leader not a luchador and the reason he recruited mendoza and wild is because he sees them as future leaders and santos escobar is the leader of leaders love it uh drake maverick so inspirational yes Drake Maverick comes out and he's all like, congratulations on fooling everybody. Hey, you know, people say that I've got more guts than brains and those people are right. And he gets into the ring and tries to attack all three of them at once. They kill him and put him through a table. So poor Drake, but he's trying to get revenge for, for being made a a fool of last week. Yes. What do you think of the Santos Escobar thing? I actually kind of like it. I do I really like this faction. I enjoy their style, like literally their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The one thing I need to know right now, though, is what their name is. Uh, yeah, he said something like, I thought he said like El, El Gato del Fantasma or something. I don't have like that, that yet, I don't think. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Well, he said something like he pointed like his fist to the camera. And he had like a ring on his finger and he said like El Gato del Fantasma. But I thought El Gato is like the cat. Cat. Or something? Are they like the Phantom yeah. Cats? God, I hope that's their. I hope that's their faction that's name. Pretty, I I dig that. Um. After that, we got our match announcements for next week. Uh, we're gonna get Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross. We're gonna get Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest, and of course, the Triple Threat match for the North American Championship. And then we get to the main event of the evening, Sasha Banks and Bayley defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Uh, so there's a lot of back and forth in the early going before a commercial break. And after the break, things seem to have settled down with Bayley uh, working over Tegan Knox. Uh, Tegan eventually gets the tag to Shotzi, who goes crazy, hits this great mm-hmm. suplex on Sasha Banks. Um, and Sasha returns the favor with this really crazy flying knee to the outside on, uh, on Shotzi and, uh, Shotzi gets it back into the ring, fights off Bailey, gets Tegan Knox in. She wipes everybody out. Uh, they hit this cool double team looking thing where she flips Shotzi backwards up and over mm-hmm. Bailey. Uh, that gets a two, uh, there's like a. Shotzi gives like this rolling cradle on Sasha who reverses it into the bank statement. Uh, but Shotzi manages to get out, applies her own submission. Bailey gets into the ring with a chair and tosses it to Tegan when the ref is looking and uh, the ref is like, you know, get that out of there. So this is causing a distraction and Bailey goes over to Shotzi and tosses her out of the submission, which allows uh, Sasha Banks to reapply the bank statement and, uh, uh, Shotzi taps Get out. It. Yep, and Banks and Bailey retain. Uh, before we talk about the 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 post match, what did you think of the main event? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, this was my um, match of the show. Yeah, yeah, I thought this. I thought this went very well. Um, I thought it got a little chaotic by the end, but I thought these women just did so much work. And man, Shotzi just came out like a fireball, yeah. like in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought Sashi and Sashi, Sasha and Bailey, they're just so they're just so great together. Yep. They really are. Um, so so I just thought it, it was great. And I love how they're um how they really hold true to what they said when they first won the championships and that's that they were gonna go to all the brands to defend it. Yes. Um and I think that's really cool. So I mean I know the Kabuki Warriors did too, but yep. uh I, but I do like that they that they do that. Yeah, this was great to see. Um, yeah, I thought this was match of the show. Uh, Banks and Bailey work really good as a team. They were good as a babyface team, but they're good as a heel team too. And um, yeah. Shotzi and Tegan both looked really good in here, especially Shotzi, as you noted. Mm-hmm. Um, she just she just looked awesome throughout this. And, Fireball. Yeah, and they had a they had a really good main event match. Um, they did. What did you end up giving it? I gave it a three. Yeah, that's what I gave this one as well. Um, cool. And Grapple, uncharacteristically, Jacqueline, liked it more than we did, giving it a 3.22. Almost three and a quarter. Yay! Grapple! Yay, we're very proud of them. Hey, it came out happy at the end of the day. A happy result. 
uh, for this show. And speaking of which, post-match, Bailey and Banks are bragging about their victory, saying that this is NXT, their NXT, uh, that you know this is their place, this is the place they built, and they are attacked and wiped out by the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai, who decimates both of them and gets on the ropes and says, this is my NXT, and they cower away from Io, as they should. Yeah, absolutely. And then they plug the matches for next week one more time. But uh, yeah, that was the... Uh, that was the end of the show. So it ended well, but it was a it pretty did. mundane show for the most part amidst a, amidst a week of just awfulness in the wrestling business. So there is at least this bright spot in the end. And it was uh, a you match. Fe- and it was, it was a match. <laughs> it was a match featuring essentially five very talented women. So it was, I think yes. that's an excellent way to, to cap things off here. Um, Okay, so uh, that's a wrap for this week. I mean, I guess we can talk about the the Wednesday night war, the the, the war that isn't a war. Uh, no, it's. It, I think it's done. It's what I it is. It is. It's what it is every week. Everybody, uh, this this doesn't change. I think they were both kind of close in overall viewers, but like it's it's what it is every single week. Uh, you know how it goes by now. So that's a wrap for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can find uh, and check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks featuring Keith Lee defending his North American Championship against Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. In the air When I say hell You say yeah Hell Hell S-A-S-H-A How you do that damn She's a legit boss But y'all knew that The big boss dog Yeah I had to do that That's my family And we so G Bow down to the new champ of WWE Had a dream I had a dream